Hey, Jen, want to talk about how to discuss your sexual past with your spouse? Uh, that does not sound fun. Great! Today we're going to discuss principles to guide the difficult conversation with your spouse about your sexual history. Let's do it. Welcome to the Intimate Covenant Podcast, providing biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website at IntimateCovenant.com. Here are your hosts, Matt and Jen Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right. We're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex. We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer group Bible studies, private couples coaching, premarital counseling, intensive weekend seminars, an annual marriage retreat, and now a podcast. And today on the podcast, we're talking about how to have a discussion with your spouse about your sinful sexual past. But before we get into that, we're going to remind you one more time to partake in the early bird pricing for our retreat. You need to sign up now. Early bird pricing will end April 1st. This is literally your last chance. (laughs) So obviously you can still register for the retreat all through um, the rest of the spring months and the summer. But if you'd like to um, get in on the special price for all of our early birds, you know, they get the worm. You know you want to (laughs) come. Sign up now and save some money. Absolutely. All right. So let's get into this, Matt. The context of this discussion actually comes from an email, um, or I should say a question that we received at a seminar that we did in Fort Worth. We kind of covered and went over that um, question last week. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to episode 33. Um, But it, it had to do with a wife who had had a sexual relationship with someone other than um, who she is currently married to um, before she was married. So so premarital sex. Yeah, so last week we talked about the impact of premarital sex on the sexual relationship um, within marriage. But today we want to talk about how do you have that discussion with your spouse uh, and what are the implications of that discussion? Right. Should you even have that discussion? Maybe that's even a, another place to start as well. But I think the the principles that we're going to talk about really apply um, to to a, couples who have had other sexual relationships prior to marriage. So that could be couples that have had sex with each other prior to marriage. It could be those that have had sex with other people prior to marriage. Um, and it also applies, I think, in this case to couples who have betrayed each other in the course of their marriage. Yeah. So we're talking about emotional affairs or, um, you know, full-on sexual affairs. Right, um, but not just limited to that. We're sure. also talking about pornography use um, or erotica, you know, being caught up in erotica uh, and um, or inappropriate fantasy or dissociation. Anytime that you have expended your sexual energy outside of your covenant. Right. And it bears repeating, uh, especially in this episode, that we are not licensed therapists. Correct. Please do not consider our advice to be a sufficient substitute for 
actual, real, appropriate professional counseling. Which we are huge proponents of. Yes. And and this, this kind of conversation is a, a great place for you to employ the use of a trained therapist. Yes. Um, th- because this is a very delicate topic. And uh, every circumstance is very highly individually specific. Right. Um, and our goal uh, with this podcast, with this episode, is to encourage this conversation. But your circumstances may require professional guidance for an optimal outcome. Right. So don't be afraid to seek help. Seek professional counseling. Um, if, if you need help knowing how to go about finding a professional counselor, let us know. Um, but we are not that. Um, but we are here to... Uh, Maybe provide some hope and um, really kind of help you see how you can redeem even your sexual past in your marriage and, and turn it into something good for your use together. So, Matt, I think the first step in this is to talk about confession. Yeah, and, and why. So uh, just consider these couple of passages. First, in Proverbs 28, verse 13, He who conceals his transgressions will not prosper, but he who confesses and forsakes them will find compassion. And then in the Proverbs of the New Testament, as it is uh, in James chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, therefore, James says, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. We're very familiar with the end of that passage, right? We always talk about the power of prayer. But James says that healing starts not with prayer. It starts with confession. He says to confess your sins so that you may be healed. And so as counterintuitive as it feels and as it sounds, if you want to get past the sins of your past, and even the sexual sins of your past, that process begins with confession. Right. If you want true intimacy in your marriage, you must be willing to reveal yourself, not just the pretty parts of yourself, but all of yourself, because you are only known as much as you're willing to confess. Right. And your intimacy is only as deep as your honesty. Right. I mean, we are told... That the ideal marriage is one that is naked and not ashamed. And so that's a call to all of us to be willing to be naked and not ashamed with one another. And that feels scary. Yeah. To be known for who we really are. Sometimes for, for a lot of us, that is a very scary proposition to allow someone in and for to allow that person to see us for who we really are. But I will tell you that the greatest gift in this life is to be loved in spite of who you really are. Yeah. Being loved for who you really are is the greatest gift that you get in this life. But that gift is only available to you if you're willing to risk vulnerability. God calls us to confession in part so that we'll own it, in part so that we will truly confront what we've done, in part so that we will feel the real, the true shame and guilt that we should feel in those places where we have uh, offended or misused uh, someone else. Right. And it feels like 
telling our beloved ways in which we have betrayed them, either before marriage or even in our current marriage, it feels like that will just put a barrier between us. When the reality is that confession will strengthen your relationship. And, and that's the point. The, the, every place that you risk in relationship is a place for potential growth. And that will deepen your relationship, or at least has the potential to deepen and strengthen your relationship. And that's really what intimacy is all about. The more that you know about each other, the more deeply intimate your relationship becomes. Right. So that means that you have to take responsibility for your past. And and especially for the barriers that that has caused in, in your marriage. Yes. If you have a sexual past, and, and all of yeah. us, ha- at least to some extent, have a sexual past, it may not be um, that we acted out on our sexual past. It may be uh, improper desires, or it may be that we have poor ideas about what sex is and what sex means. It may be that we were taught just bad ideas about sexuality in general. We all have a sexual past, and so we all must be willing to look ourselves in the mirror and take ownership for what is my sexual past, what are my sexual ideas. And what meanings have I attached to sexuality? And how has that impacted our sexual relationship? Right, because you it, it has impacted <laughs> your yes. sexual relationship. You cannot deny the effect that it has. And frankly, if your goal is intimacy, if your spouse's goal is intimacy with you, well, they can't fight an enemy that they don't know even exists. So right. they can't help you tear down those walls if you're not even willing to, to own the wall. But brace yourself. This conversation is difficult. Right. And it's very likely that you are going to hurt your spouse yeah. in this conversation. Right. It's not going to be easy. It's not easy. But if you want to overcome the guilt and if you want to overcome the intimacy issues that come from having a sexual past you have to eliminate the secrets in your relationship. Right. You cannot have intimacy if there are secrets. And frankly, it doesn't matter how much time has passed. Whatever your sexual past is, if you've been married 50 years and that happened 52 years ago, you have to own the fact that it's still there between you. If you have not ever dealt with that, time does not heal all wounds. Now, one important principle I think that we need to mention right off the bat is also a, a biblical principle in Colossians 4, 6. Paul says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt. Right. There is a way that you should go about sharing these facts. Yes. There, there is a, a better way than others. And, and I don't know that there's a best way, but certainly some yeah. ways are better. And I, I think part of that is that you need to be willing to share basic facts, but also recognize that some things would just simply not be loving to share, right? Ephesians 4 verse 15 talks about uh, speaking the truth with love. Don't be afraid of the truth, but speak it with love. Right. And so that means that, you know, things like raw details of your past indiscretions or traumas, they may not be loving to share those intimate, raw details. Um, and that may cause more hurt than necessary. Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I think it's crucial to share basic facts, but certain details like who or what or where or when or how, 
may actually create a foothold for jealousy mm-hmm. um, or a, a place for anger uh, that may, and it may even plant some mental images that your spouse is going to have a hard time getting past and may haunt them for uh, years to come. So right. again, it's important to be willing to share and it's important to be open and honest about these things, but certain details are just not necessary. Right. But I think you need to be willing and be prepared to tell your spouse as much as they want to know. Oh, yeah. That way they know that you aren't keeping secrets from them. Right. If they feel like you're holding back or that there's something that they're missing or something that you're just not willing to share, that's going to create a place for mistrust or distrust. That's right. But I think if you're the spouse that that is being confessed to, you need to be very careful. Um you need to think carefully about how much you do want to know. Right. And, and don't just assume, tell yeah. me everything, tell me all. That may not be a good thing for you. It may not be good for you or right. them. So, th- again, th- these are delicate areas. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, if you're struggling about which questions to ask or how many details to share, please seek some wisdom and counsel from right. someone who can guide you in a, in a good way. That might be a trusted friend or a mentor or an elder or a professional counselor, someone right. who can help guide you in that process. Right. Your elders or even maybe your preacher should have a contact of someone who can professionally help you with this. So do not be afraid to go seek out that wisdom and that counsel. And then the next important part of this is to be willing to lean into forgiveness. That's a hard one. That's really hard. Be willing and eager to forgive your spouse and to forgive yourself. Right. Fully. Right. And you need to be able to state that to each other specifically. Yes. Don't be afraid to state that over and over again. It doesn't get old to hear that you're forgiven. Right. Right. And and in that, you know, it, you're looking for freedom from sin and shame. This is all about redemption within your marriage. This is how you take those times when you have not honored the covenant of your marriage and you, re, you redeem that. Right. You share that with one another and you lovingly forgive one another. Um, because frankly, just revisiting past wounds is enslaving. That's not freeing. No, living, living in a state where you never know whether your spouse has forgiven you or not is, is just brutal. Right. And living, living with that constant sense of resentment is also brutal. That's not peaceful. That's not redeeming. Uh, that's that's a difficult place to be, and that's not where we want to dwell. Well, and living with your own shame. Right. It, it, Christ didn't die for you to feel guilty. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Now, that said, the issues, these issues and this history is potentially going to reveal itself again and again and again. As right. your relationship changes, as you grow into new experiences together, uh, as you uh, experience life together— these memories and the issues of your past are going to re- are, are going to reveal themselves again in different ways and that means you're going to have to revisit this but revisit it with the sense of this is something that I want to get past it is something that I want to put behind us it is something that I want to be 
um, uh, forgiven for and something that I want to forgive my spouse from. Right. And so if you're the one who has offended your spouse, if, if they bring it back up at some point in a way of, I'm remembering this or this has happened and it caused me to remember, don't immediately shut that conversation down. Meet that conversation with love and kindness and humility and treat that as a we discussion. Yes. This should never be a you against me. And so, you know, the reality of sin is that its tentacles might just get all in different crevices and occasionally you're going to come up against that. Don't just immediately shut that out. I, I know you wish it weren't there, but the way that you handle that is not by blaming or shaming, but rather acknowledging the pain of whatever that was, but say, this is something that's between us. How can we move past it again? Right. R- rather than coming to your spouse with, uh, this this is all come up again, and I'm very hurt by this, and I really feel bad, and I'm holding this against you right now. I mean, that, that's helpful. the wrong way to approach it. That's yeah. not helpful yeah. for either one of you. Instead, approach it as a we yeah. Approach it from how can we get past this? How can we talk this out again so that we can both know that there is forgiveness and that there is healing moving forward? And then as you've addressed these issues, just don't forget to stop and acknowledge and celebrate the fact that now you have entered into a, an entirely new realm of intimacy. You now know and share something new together that you didn't share before and you still love each other in spite of all of that. You both uh, are living now at a a place where you do not experience something with anybody else. Right. You don't share this with anybody else. You don't know anyone else any deeper uh, than than you know your spouse. Acknowledge that. Celebrate that. Right. I mean, again, to be truly known is the greatest joy in this life. Um, But that means that you will be truly known for things that you are not proud of um, and places that you have allowed sin into your life. And, but there's also a place of celebration there in the sense that you can have that intimacy with your beloved. Yes. Celebrate that redemption. All right, right. So if my spouse is bringing something like this to me, maybe even a shock to me yeah. of this new information, a new revelation, this new um, sense of betrayal, how am I supposed to react to this? Let's talk about that after the break. We want to make sure you know about the upcoming Intimate Covenant Annual Retreat. Our theme this year will focus on building spiritual intimacy in your marriage relationship. Of course, we will also be talking plenty about sex, too. Sex is spiritual, after all. Calm down, Matt. Yes, we will be covering a number of topics designed to help start conversations with your spouse to build oneness in your relationship. The retreat will be hosted at the beautiful, luxurious City Place Marriott at Springwoods Village, located in North Houston, near the Woodlands. The accommodations are lovely and the entire surrounding area is beautiful. You can enjoy great dining and shopping nearby as well. 
The 2021 retreat is September 23rd through the 25th. That's a Thursday evening through Saturday afternoon. The session on Thursday evening is optional, although it's usually pretty fun. So when you register, you have the choice of staying one or two nights in a very comfortable king room at the Marriott. And we can even add on extra nights to your stay if you want to extend your getaway. Not only will you get lots of great information and a comfortable hotel room, but we intentionally build in plenty of free time into the itinerary so that you can spend time relaxing, having fun, and having focused conversations with your spouse. Plenty more information is available at the website, intimatecovenant.com. Click on the retreat tab at the top of the page and you'll find all the details, including a tentative itinerary and even a free audio recording from a previous retreat. Only a $200 deposit is needed to hold your spot. And if you register soon, you'll save with early bird pricing. Sign up while spots are still available. We'd really love to spend this special weekend with you. All right, Matt. So before the break, we were... um asking the question, how, how do we react when our spouse brings a revelation to us of something, a way that they have expended their sexual energy outside of our marriage, whether that happened before we were married or in our marriage? How do you react when your spouse tells you something like that? Well, I mean, ironically, even if we have our own sexual past, mm-hmm. it still hurts when we learn that another person has experienced this deepest, most hidden part of our spouse. Right. I mean, we feel cheated. Even if we've committed the same kinds of sin, we still feel cheated. And you should. Right. Certainly. But because of this, because of that sense of feeling cheated, it is essential to attempt to reclaim that privileged right that we feel to our spouse. Right. I mean, frankly, we've we've got to have within our marriage something together that no one else has or can have with with our spouse. You you have to have something that is just the two of you, and yeah. that is your shared sexual relationship. Yeah. Similar to what we talked about a little bit last week, even is we we need to focus on experiencing life experiencing love and experiencing sex in ways that are unique to us, to us as a couple. And focus on that. Focus on what is unique to this relationship. What do I share with my spouse that I don't share with anybody else, not just sexually, but in so many other ways. And spend some really focused time thinking about this and praying long and hard. Right. about what are these special ways and how can I cultivate the uniqueness of this relationship. Think about why did you choose your spouse over anyone else? What is it about them that drew you to them? Determine what makes your marriage special and unique. Right. And I think you you need to do the work of finding some things that the two of you can cling to as sacred and shared only by the two of you and 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 let that be a focal point for you a continual so- source of security when you or your spouse is experiencing that guilt that regret that betrayal or that pain that can result from from your sexual pasts yes so 
the first place to start with this is to really focus in on what is unique about your relationship and cling to the specialness that you have in your relationship. And then moving towards then with that attitude in mind, it's important then to move towards this place of forgiveness. But that starts with grief. Yes. You cannot forgive something that you haven't recognized the impact of. Mm -hmm. You have a right to give yourself some time to come to terms with your spouse's yes. failing you. You have a right to be angry. You have yes. a right to grieve. You have a right to be sad or disappointed. You have a right to feel all of those things because you have been betrayed. Right. And again, even if that happened before marriage, before you two were even a thing, the the beauty of your sexuality is it's meant to be shared and experienced only with each other. Mm -hmm. And if your spouse has given that to someone else at any point, you have a right to be hurt and jealous and angry of that. I'd I'd be um, very alarmed if you weren't upset by that, right? Right. But within that, you also have to recognize where you should go with that grief. Yeah. And, And so... The, the place is not to go to a place of being angry to the point where you become resentful and hateful and that you um, are then set on retaliation against your right. spouse for all these things. That, that's, that is uh, a, not a godly sorrow. That is the right. kind of grief and shame and resentment and, uh, that, that results in sinful behavior on your part. And that's right. not going to make things better by sending more... Uh, or introducing more sin and more barriers into the relationship. That's obviously the wrong path to take. Instead, one sometimes very helpful way to approach this is rather than react against your spouse immediately, take some time to process this on your own in prayer and meditation, or perhaps even with a mentor or a friend, uh, your elders, or even a professional counselor. Right. I'd say use discernment when you're talking about friend yes, or even a family member. I mean, the whole point of a friend or family member is they're supposed to be on your side, right? <laughs> so that can become an easy place to just be a sounding board to, that will just build your resentment, build right. your anger. It's true. So, so use discernment when you're thinking of who might be best to talk to yeah, and, and You definitely who want someone help. who has a a non-biased perspective. Right. You want someone that has some life experience, um, someone who's not just going to tell you what you want to hear. Right. Um, someone who's willing to hold you accountable. Because your goal needs to be healing, not just dwelling yes, on. That, and I think that's the clue. That's the, the key. Talk to someone who's, who's willing to, to force you into healing rather than just to make you continue or help you continue to wallow in your own grief and sorrow and anger. Right. And I think you, it's, it's important when you have been wounded by your spouse that you understand your value. You are not defined by your spouse's um, actions. You're defined by the price that God paid for you. Yes, always. Um, don't let this define you. Don't let this even define your relationship. Define your relationship by the direction that you want to take it. 
you get to define the future of your relationship. You get to define how that all is going to work out. So rather than focusing on how terrible it makes you feel in the moment, and rather than focusing even on the events of the past, define your relationship by where you're headed. Right. Turn this into something that can make things even better than they were before. Right. And I think, you know, the the other important thing about forgiving your spouse's failings is once you've come to that point, you have to allow the excruciating pain to subside. And recognize, again, you have a right to grieve. The duration of your grief is going to be unique to each situation, but don't stay there. Don't stay in a place of grief. Yeah, it's very easy to want to be in that place of grief and with every uh, thing that stirs that up, just allow that fire to kind of be stoked again and feel all those feelings again and feel them intensely um, because it just feels good sometimes to feel bad. Right, right. And and frankly, I mean, if we're being honest, when when we're stuck in that place of feeling bad, it's kind of a place of self justification, um, and it is a polarizing place where we tend to make everything their fault and nothing my fault. And I'm not saying you caused whatever might have happened between you and your spouse. You certainly, if your spouse had a sexual relationship before you were even the, in the picture, you didn't cause that. But it's also never healthy to totally cast all blame on one side and not grow, not be willing to be introspective and grow oh, sure. from not a only situation. Is, yeah, not only is it not healthy, it's not honest. Right. It's not even the truth. Right. Uh, and we often get caught up in, in using uh, and even manipulating sometimes the relationship uh, just because one person did something that feels so egregious. Right. Uh, when, again, as you mentioned, if we're honest, we both have a part to play in how this relationship is going to unfold uh, in the past and, and in the future as well. Right. So you have to focus on the beauty of reconciliation and reclaiming true intimacy. You have to believe and hope and work with all your might towards reconciliation and and not just stay in a place of pain. Right. So again, we're not telling you not to be hurt. We're not telling no. you not to feel pain. Right. But we are encouraging you to move past the pain to something that's much more beautiful. Right. And I think you have to reject the excuses, but seek to understand the reasons for your spouse's failings. It's not about excusing their behavior, but it is about coming alongside and being that support for your spouse. Yeah. And so, so, sometimes it just feels better to understand why and know that they're, even though it's inexcusable, even though their behavior is wrong, and even though it's hurtful, it can often feel better to at least try to get inside their head and understand what are the forces in their life, maybe even things that happened to them well before they knew you, right. that caused them or at least made them predisposed to behave in a way that they behaved. Right. And that's just quite simply looking for places for compassion exactly, and grace and mercy and forgiveness. That is what intimacy is all about too. Oh, absolutely. And that's what covenant is about. That's exactly right. Right. All right, Matt. So give us our wrap up. Okay. Well, First of all, as we discussed, healing begins with confession. If you want true intimacy, you must reveal yourself. 
because your intimacy is only as deep as your honesty. Secondly, use great discretion about what facts or details that you share with each other. This process is often best guided by a professional therapist or a trusted spiritual mentor. And finally, it's okay to acknowledge the pain, but take proper steps to grieve and to forgive each other. All right, well, if you have something to add, something we've left out, something we've left undone, something you think we could do better, or if you have your own questions or suggestions, send those to us via the email podcast at intimatecovenant.com. Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about sharing your full selves, even your painful sexual past with your spouse, so that you can truly know and be known by one another. As always, thanks for listening and thanks for all your support. Until next time, keep striving and don't settle. Thanks for listening to the Intimate Covenant Podcast. Please send your comments, questions, and suggestions to our email inbox, podcast at intimatecovenant.com. For more information about Intimate Covenant, please visit our website, intimatecovenant.com. Join our online community, find more resources, and learn about upcoming events to help you and your marriage journey toward a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life.